the island there, for me personally, has a very special energy to it that that just feels like there's all the time in the world and that everything has life and and everything is is making sound and it has always taught me to just really take time to listen to my environments and especially with synthesis I feel like you really have to have a lot of patience in listening in order to get a sound that that is to my liking so it's really helped me in that aspect of just taking taking time to like really hear what wants to come out at that moment and and sculpting it. Are there any particular sounds on the island that stick out to you as being like a real Orcas Island sound? Yeah, if you if you really listen for it, the moss has a really interesting sound. Um, and I mean, I think you can only hear it if you're lying down on it. <laughs> but it's it's just like this this like hungry sound, like it has like I mean, it's it's kind of like when you're underwater and you're hearing coral um, crackling. It's like these little movements little crackles and I love that sound yeah yeah that sounds really cool I think we might have to dig out a little sound clip of it somewhere yeah put it up somewhere on our ears have ears socials yeah um we play a heap of pioneering musicians on ears have ears including artists like Terry Riley and who you're also a fan of yeah um can you explain a little bit more about other pioneering artists who have inspired your synthesizer work and also your folk music there's so many who have inspired and are constantly inspiring me um i mean the one that was the most impactful is steve reich or steve reich but the first time that i heard music for 18 musicians was just like yeah my mind just fell apart because it was the first time that i had heard an example of something that i had been seeking in music and didn't even have the language yet to know that it was what I was seeking um but just this feeling of where you're not sure what what instrument is being played you're not sure if it's electronic or if it's if it's real musicians and and you kind of don't care your brain just lets it be what it is and um and it also it suits your environment no matter what environment you're in it like adds it doesn't even add to it it it, I feel like it magnifies the energy and the vibration and the life that's in wherever you are and that that's something that I've always seeked and then there's also um this this really nice fair game of of tension and release and um discomfort and comfort which I I'm always seeking so yeah he's a he's a big one yeah um, yeah. Those ideas actually come across to me quite clearly in your album from April of last year, Ears, which um, was one of our top albums of 2016 for Ears Have Ears, our radio program. Thanks. Um, but the thing I loved about it especially were the vocals and the way that they're sort of, they're not distinctly vocals, they're just really part of the entire album. Can you explain a little bit about the process of including that? And that was that an extension of the ideas that you just t- you spoke about them with Steve Reich? My my vocal journey has been a really interesting one that's taken me a long time. I mean, it's, I'm still working on how I relate to my vocals because I've tried I've tried making music without vocals, and and of course I I love um, that outlet, but but I always. F- 
want to add vocals and I haven't figured out how to make them fit. So while I was creating ears, um, I mostly didn't want to distract someone's brain too much. I didn't want to provide something that was too familiar where they could they could understand what I was saying or they could they could be like, okay, that's that's her voice clearly or that's this and this and so yes, to answer your question, yes. <laughs> yeah, because I, f- I feel like the vocals actually pop in and out. Yeah, and I'm I'm really, um, I mean, I love androgyny. And so I, I've been fi- trying to figure out how to create an androgynous vocal sound as well. And that's changing now on the album that I'm working on now. It's, it's going through another transformation and won't sound like that. Tell us a little bit about the new album. When, we, when can we expect to hear it? I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm in the mixing stage. It's a story. So right now I'm at the phase of where I'm trying to really figure out how to, how to tell the story correctly. And it's gone through a few different versions. I'm really fascinated with the idea of, um, of how our hearing is changing as a culture. And there's this really interesting book called New Musical Resources. He talks about just the evolution of hearing um, in cultures and how, you know, the first time people heard a fifth, it took a while to digest it. And, and slowly, like a third got added and that took a while. And of course, there's like the, the famous story of Stravinsky when he played his piece and people, you know, threw a riot. But basically where we've adjusted to, or starting to adjust to atonal and like microtonal music and accepting dissonance like that. So I've been really fascinated with what's what's next, like what's after that. What I'm intrigued with at the moment in that in that vein is um, is splitting your hearing and you know listening to multiple conversations at once and listening to multiple ideas at once and and just like what goes on in the brain with that. So I'm trying to play with that a lot in this new album, and um, we'll see what happens. Mm.